sweat the technique. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Astros played a baseball game yesterday. Stupid, stupid start time. I can I can't stand day baseball. Cannot stand. I almost it. think that I was like I was trying to remember everything that because we watched it while it was happening. I was like, God, that game seems like it was so long ago. It does. It does. I I went back and watched. I watched five innings yesterday, then I watched four innings this morning. So I went back and watched the game. There were the two things that uh, Dusty was getting criticized for in yesterday's game. Uh, 713-780-3776, if you want to voice your opinion. Uh, the first of those two decisions, John Singleton hitting for himself in the ninth inning. He was up at the bases loaded, two outs. Yonder Diaz got unlucky, uh, that uh, that yeah. dude at third base. It was the Altuve that he robbed, by the way. You were right about that okay. in the first inning. But he made that Urias, that Urias at third base? Urias made that diving effort on that Yiner liner that should have gotten through the hole, made the diving effort, bounced off his glove, and kept it on the infill, which prevented Bregman from scoring the tying run. Fantastic play. So one runs in. Astros are down by a run. Bases loaded, two outs, ninth inning. One of the best closers in all the baseball. And John Singleton's batting. And a lot of people wanted Dusty Baker to pinch hit for John Singleton in that spot. Where do you stand on that? Well, we don't know if Chaz could have or not. But I, I was fine with John Singleton. I had no problem with it because we had talked about it when the game was just starting. First pitch of his first at bat, he hits an absolute seed right at the first baseman on a line. And barrels it. I'm like, that's what I like to see. Yeah, tough luck. Not Corey Jolk's tough luck where at a certain point you can't use it as an excuse anymore. But I like his plate discipline. I like his eye at the plate. He works, He works walks. He, 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 he can lay off some pitches. And then he hits, he barrels up some pitches. I had no problem with him hitting there. I understand it because you're not looking for a big bop. You're just looking for a knock that you could have gone to the bench. But I didn't have as many problems as other people did with it. I'm fine with Singleton hitting there because they don't have a whole lot of read on him either, and I think he's a he, he's a decent enough option at the plate. I think this is a ridiculous thing to criticize Dusty for, and we're always very fair, transparent with our criticism. Sometimes my criticism leads to people calling me racist. I got called a racist yesterday, yesterday Joe yeah. George. I criticized. I don't even. Think yeah, I that's criti- right, Joe. You were out. I don't, I don't even think I criticized Dusty. I got called a racist. Wow, three percent. Ra- that's right. <laughs> Lost. Forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot to use that as my. What did you say? I don't even remember. He, he said nothing that even was borderline implying or anything. But the conclusion yeah. drawn, yeah. yeah, I'm racist. Was that Jeremy was racist? Brown's wow. a racist. Wow. Which I mean, I mean, I'm gone for one day, guys. Like, I know. What are you going to do when I'm gone for like three or four next I, week? I'm pretty soon, I'm going to be canceled, and Keith's going to have to have a new favorite number two show on the ESPN 97.5 show rankings. We're falling apart. <laughs> I know. I know. I got called a racist. But this is this is one of the silliest things I've heard Dusty be criticized for. One, I don't think Chaz McCormick was available. In fact, he got scratched from the lineup. So if Chaz is getting scratched from the lineup, obviously Dusty wants to give him a day off. So Chaz is not available. And Chaz hasn't been knocking the cover off the baseball the last week or two anyways uh, since his little hot streak. Still, still, look, if Chaz is 100% healthy, yeah, I'd rather see him up in that spot than John Singleton. But he got scratched that day because he has a sore knee. So Chaz is not an option. So if you're griping about pinch hitting for John Singleton, you're looking at Martin Maldonado, who's available, and you're looking at Gray Kessinger, who was available. And what did John Singleton do the night before against Bautista? He sparked the inning with a walk. Like, he just saw him the day before put together a really nice plate appearance, and the next day you're wanting to pinch hit for John Singleton? Dusty deserves some criticism for things that he does. 
Not pinch hitting for John Singleton yesterday is one of the silliest criticisms I've seen Dusty get. Yeah, the only thing that you could even have a discussion about is if Chaz was available. And if you scratched him from the game, I'm assuming he's not available. And, and like I said, I don't have a problem with John Singleton because he looks like a fully capable major league hitter right now. And until I see otherwise, I think he was your best option. I, I do too. The second one, so we're on the same page on that one. Yep. The second one was Hunter Brown to start the seventh inning. He got through the sixth inning. He got hit a little bit at the start of the sixth, but then finished strong and then got Yiner to throw a runner out at second base to end the inning. He entered the seventh. It was 88, 89 pitches. It was under 90 pitches to enter that inning. Gives up a hard hit and then a home run to the very next batter. What did you make of Dusty's decision to leave Hunter in in the seventh? Well, I questioned it simply while we were doing the show. I you, said, yeah, we you, talked yeah, about it. Yeah, we were talking about it during a break, and you brought up the point of, did you see his pitch count? And I hadn't. And I said, well, maybe that justifies it. But to me, the way he had to kind of, it, I would say a semi-high leverage situation, but he had to really work to get out of the sixth. And once he finished the sixth, uh, to me, I thought he was done. I thought that it was over and that he did his job. He gave you a quality start. And it's also something you can build on when he gives you a quality start against a quality baseball team, regardless of whether you win the game or not. But because of the way that it all went down in the seventh, and as you explained, it's a di- now people have a totally different perception of the, the outing from Hunter Brown. I thought that Hunter Brown pitched really well for six innings, well enough to win, but he kept you in the ball game. I did not think he should be out there in the seventh. That's why I asked you about it in the break. And then, yes, his pitch count was low, so that I guess you could validate why Dusty went to him in the seventh if you're Dusty. But to me, I thought his I thought his day was over after six innings, and he should have been done. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a better conversation than the Singleton conversation. The Singleton conversation is ridiculous to me. Um, I honestly would have left Hunter Brown in. With the way that the sixth inning ended and with Hunter Brown having less than 90 pitches, I, I, he was still going good. He was still going good. If I had one small nitpick of how Dusty handled that whole situation, now he had Maton up in the start of the inning too. So, like, knowing how that inning played out but not watching the broadcast. Am I right, by the way, that he did have a little traffic? He had, he, he had to kind of work out of the sixth? In the sixth inning, I think he had some early contact in that inning. I thought he had a base runner or two and that he had he, kind of – He gave up that double to lead off the inning okay. where they were called – he called him out to start the inning, the double down the line where yeah. Tucker made the good play. They called him out under review. They, he was safe. And then the next guy got a next guy got a single up the middle, so it scored the run. Rushman got the hit, yeah. Rushman got the single that scored the run, but then Hunter Brown struck out. Henderson looked really good. He got Santander to pop out to Yiner, looked good, and then Rushman was thrown out on the bases. So, so Hunter Brown – he got hit early in the sixth, but then finished the sixth strongly. He had less than 90 pitches. I can understand both sides of this. I personally would have let Hunter Brown start the inning. I would have had, and again, not knowing what happened, like the full context, watching the broadcast, just kind of watching it from the corner of my eye as we were doing the show together yesterday. I, I was wondering if somebody was up in the bullpen to start the inning because I would have had Hunter Brown start the inning, somebody's up in the bullpen, and then I have a quick hook on Hunter Brown because he's probably not making it out of the inning anyways if he has 88, 89 pitches entering. But Dusty did. Dusty had, had Maton warming up in the bullpen, so I'm cool with that. The one nitpick thing that I will say about the inning, Ryan O'Hearn doubles, okay, like that. I'm watching Hunter a little bit closer. I might give Hunter one more guy, maybe one more base runner. I'm pulling him. The next guy hit a home run. And then Dusty let him in for another hitter. Like, the home run should have been the final pitch he threw. He left him in for one more. Frazier got a hit. Now, Maton got out of the inning, so it didn't hurt you. I don't. I think this is a fair criticism of Dusty. I think I would have done the same thing as Dusty, except I would have had Hunter leave the game after the home run as opposed to the single to Adam Frazier. But Maton got out of the inning. He didn't give up another run, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, I, I just felt like... I felt like he gave you everything he could. He was battling a little bit, but I thought he battled well enough, and I thought to also build on the start for him, 
I was done with him after six innings. And and Dusty elected to, and I think the pitch count had something to do with it. Um, and then from there, you can nitpick how it went the rest of the inning and say, you know, could have been here, could have been there, and that's all fair. I just wouldn't have put him out there in the seventh inning. I thought your bullpen was fairly rested I, well enough that you could go to several guys who had options to go to. And, and I, in that kind of game, you want to keep it a one-run game? I'm good with what Hunter Brown gave you through six. Yeah, I think that I think the city to be split on this. I think it's 50-50, uh, to be honest. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776-3062. If you are not going to let Singleton hit for himself in that spot, why do you even bring him up? Great point. Like, if you're not going to have Singleton, who's supposed to be your pinch hit lefty, why do you even bring him up? Like, that, there's nothing wrong with Singleton hitting in that and spot. And we always go back to, we know enough about the other guys that you had the option to go to if it's not Chaz. He's a better option, in my opinion, right now than those guys, and I want to see what he can do in that situation. Yeah. I want to see him out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Hunter Brown, big picture. Let's have a Hunter Brown big picture conversation. This is his rookie year, as we know. Uh, we spent an hour talking about C.J. Stroud being a rookie. You should deal with growing pains. You should know that they're coming. We warned you the same way with Hunter Brown at the start of the season. He's got great stuff. Like I don't think this is going to be Hunter Brown's best season of his career. He's 8-8 eight and eight right now with a 423 ERA. How would you grade Hunter Brown through 22 starts into his rookie season? Uh, letter grade? However you want to do it. Uh, look, I, I think he's been better than average. I, I think that he has been a guy that, like you said, I mean, you're going like Stroud, you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to make mistakes. This is your first full season in the major leagues. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to digest. And, and there's a lot to, you know, a lot of information that you have to process. And I think that he's done a really good job trying to manage his way through. We knew it was going to be ups and downs. We knew that he was going to have struggles. We said, and I believe you said it, look, there's a guy you could see winning a Cy Young somewhere in his career, but it wasn't going to be this year because he still had so much to learn no matter what he did in his his first debut in the major leagues. And and so for that reason and those other reasons that I gave, I think Hunter Brown has done a, a really good job for you this year. I think this goes back to the Jeremy Pena conversation we were having, too, about Astros fans getting their high hopes and setting a bar way too high because of a small sample size you saw. With Pena, it was the playoffs last year, and they just assumed, well, that's the Jeremy Pena we're getting for the rest of his career, next season, and beyond. That's not fair. The same thing with Hunter Brown. He's not the next Justin Verlander just like that, and he's not going to be JV for the rest of his career. It's unfair for Astros fans that got giddy when they saw the side-by-sides and thought, this is the next Verlander. It wasn't going to happen overnight, guys. And people were going to get a tape on him, and they were going to know his stuff, and they were going to understand a little bit more about his game plan when he goes out and pitches. I'm fine with Hunter Brown this year. I think he's been above average. I thought Hunter Brown would be closer to a four than over four. Like, If you told me which side of the four ERA would he be at in his rookie season, I would say under four. Now, there's still time to do that. There's still a ball to be played. But I would have Hunter, Hunter Brown on the right side of four, not the wrong side of four. So that part, like, I'll slightly nitpick. But Hunter Brown this season, I, I think, has been fine. He hasn't been perfect. His stuff is better than his numbers, quite frankly. Like, I do believe that Hunter Brown's going to be somebody that contends for a Cy Young at some point in his career. I didn't expect that to be in his rookie season. I think it speaks to our society and maybe even speaks to a spoiled fan base a little bit that you want everything and you want it right now. You want everything you want it right this second. You want Hunter Brown to be Justin Verlander, as you said, or you want him to be a Cy Young literally in 2023. 
And that's not the way it works for most ballplayers. A lot of times it takes that natural evolvement for any sport, especially pitching. Because pitching's a lot of know-how. Like, Hunter Brown has excellent stuff. He's got a fastball in the high 90s. Throws one of the hardest sliders in baseball. He's got a curveball that they like more than the slider. Hunter Brown has good stuff. So you see that stuff, and you're like, well, all that stuff should be polished right now, and he should be having, like, a 3 ERA. A lot of how you pitch in baseball is learning hitters, learning sequencing, learning how to pitch. And Hunter Brown, as a rookie, is learning how to pitch. I think Hunter Brown's going to be fine. I'm still bullish on Hunter Brown's future. If I was going to have one small nitpick, I I would expect him to have an under four ERA in this rookie season. But 423 is not, like, egregious. It's not way over that either. No, and like you said, I mean, he can still get there. But, like, with all the things on the learning curve that he had to take in and, like I said – Teams now getting better reads on him and tape on him and and, and have different approaches with him. Uh, I think that the league was going to catch up to him a little bit regardless. But I think overall you still see the makings of a guy that's going to be a foundational pitcher for you for years to come. Yeah. That's what you wanted out of him when you were – and this is you weren't really expecting any of this until he really burst onto the scene a year ago. So he's got some work to do, but so what? So does every player coming up from the minor league. 713-780-3776. Where do you stand with Hunter Brown in his rookie year after 22 starts? Also, Jose Altuve offensively is as good now as he ever was. I've always told you that. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. I was there bright and early this morning. I saw those smiling faces that actually care about their patients, and they were talking to me about how much they get enjoyment out of helping everybody on a daily basis, and they see the results, and they see the smiling faces of satisfied customers that are really pleased that they came to Apollo Men's Health. Both men win men and women are in the lobby every single day and they're getting help because they need more energy on a daily basis. There's hormone therapy. There's B12 shots. There's ways that you can get more energy to get more tasks accomplished and get more things done. And all you got to do is see the people at Apollo men's health, check out all the different services that they offer by going to Apollo MH.com. If you see a couple that might be able to help you sign up for your first appointment, when you do, you'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders, but you also find out that the people there are focused on helping you. They're going to ask you at that first appointment, some tough questions, but they want to know where you're struggling. If you're honest with them, if you tell them where you're lacking, They're going to put you on a program that works and get you the results they need. It could be a workout program. It could be losing weight. They have FDA-approved semi-glutide now. You could lose up to six pounds in a week without ever lifting a weight or riding a cardio equipment. They take care of you. You want to recover quicker after a good workout and you're sore? They have HGH peptide therapy, stuff for your smoothies. They got it if you need it. And I'm telling you, with three locations in and around the Houston area, they are there to serve you and take care of you and get you results. Tell them I sent you by because I love the people at Apollo Men's Health. And by the way, if you do mention my name, Joel Blank, free B12 shot or a body composi- composition analysis on your first official visit. But rest assured, if you go to Apollo Men's Health, realize they're going to be focused on getting you results. They're the good people at Apollo Men's Health. The best, most informed sports talk, noon to three. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. What are your thoughts of Hunter Brown? 22 starts into his rookie year. For the most part, fine. Fine. It's going to be fine. Future's bright. Uh, let's go out to the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Rhett, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Rhett? Hey, guys. Uh, I just have to triple check my dial to make sure I was listening to the Killer Bees when I was listening to y'all talking about Hunter Brown because, you know, I've been listening to the sports radio in Houston since the late 90s. 
And y'all are, I mean, no, I mean, y'all are just more, you know, negative Nellies and half glass full, which I'm cool with. You know, I mean, half, half glass empty, but um, I don't believe any sane Astros fan is expecting Verlander. I'm just saying that I don't want to see him, especially in the playoff start. You bench JP Fran, um, you know, that, that, let's face it, since he's been up with the game, if you want to have a chance to win a ball game, I'll put J.P. France in. I mean, yes, Hunter Brown's going through things, but okay, well, guess what? Like you said, we got to win now. The train's moving down the track, and it might be time to, to skip a start or do something, but, um, you know, it, it's it's not about the, him being just Verlander. I would just like to know when he goes out there, we have a better chance to win than lose, and I'll hang up with this. I mean, I think it's two separate conversations, Rhett. Appreciate the call. Look, I think... We're not negative nannies, but we're honest. And I think Jeremy was the we had we were both very positive about Hunter Brown at the start of the season. And, and like I said, and, and Jeremy thought that you know that forecasted there could be a, a Cy Young in his future. That's that's positive. That's glass half full. But I think also for the, there were expectations this year, nationally and locally, and even social media wise with Orange Kool Aid drinking Astros fans on the internet, you could not see enough of the split screen. You could not see enough commentary about. This kid just being the mirror image and second coming of Justin Verlander, obviously the resume has a lot to, 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 to be desired, and he has a lot to achieve. But there were a lot of people talking about that, and then with Verlander moving on, it kind of rotated into, and here's your next Verlander. Here's your guy that's going to help replace him in the, in the rotation. I think he's done enough to show you that he is a quality major league pitcher now, and he's going to get better. And I don't think it's fair to compare the two because I have been extremely adamant about how raw of a deal J.P. France got, and I don't think he deserved that. But I think they're two separate pitchers that you're talking about. Both guys, I think, are worthy of being guys that you count on down the stretch and in the playoffs. I agree that there are two different conversations between how do you feel about Hunter Brown, 22 starts into his rookie year, and then would he be part of a playoff rotation? I, I do believe those are two different conversations. Um I, I, the, the Justin Verlander comparisons, I don't think Hunter anybody was expecting Hunter Brown to pitch to Justin right. Verlander's numbers in his rookie season. Any time you saw comparisons between Brown and Verlander, it was more their mannerisms, their wind-up, their pitching delivery. I, I did also did not, Rhett, see people comparing Hunter Brown's numbers in his rookie year expecting him to be Justin Verlander. I, I don't think that existed. It was just the side-by-side they looked the same versus their numbers should be the same. So I agree with you on that front. Now, I would take this for Hunter Brown in his rookie year. Now, if you want to have the conversation, would Hunter Brown currently be in a playoff rotation for the Houston Astros? Again, that's probably two other conversations because now you're talking about are we looking at a wild card series, which is a best of three, or are we talking about a division series, which is a best of five? In a wild card series, he's most certainly not. I think it'd be Fromber or Verlander. Honestly, I think it'd be Christian Javier. I do too. I think Javier would be one of the first three, and that maybe that's a different conversation altogether as well. Now, if you add another starter to the mix, Arkady just hasn't done enough yet coming off of injury. Maybe he can pitch his way into that. I, I tend to doubt it. Now, France has way better numbers than JP Fran- than, uh, than Hunter Brown. Brown's north of four. France is south of, of three. So, numbers-wise, J.P. France has the edge on Hunter Brown. From a stuff perspective, I I think Dusty would favor Hunter Brown. No, I think you're right. And and let's be very clear that I never thought the numbers were going to be Justin Verlander-esque this season or or maybe even ever. But there were a lot of people in social media and Astros fans and national media, the national media more so just how close the wind-ups looked and how similar in mannerisms the two were. 
But there were plenty of people on social media that were expecting that, that you know, this this Cinderella story was going to be this unbelievable new talent for the Houston Astros. Now, he still can be down the road, but there was a lot to learn. And, and I think that J.P. France, to me, is the guy that I, I can't stop talking about what a raw deal he got because I don't believe he did anything to deserve, even if it was for a one start, a demotion, and a split start, and all these other things. And I believe in J.P. France, and I don't care where he came from and if you had him high on your prospect list at the start of the year or not. I believe J.P. France has shown you enough and been in enough ball games, started enough ball games giving you enough quality starts to make you believe this isn't a one-year wonder. This is a guy that is going to be around for a while that is going to be a huge asset to your starting pitchers. The Twitch is saying if those are your first three, JV, Fromber, Javier, then just piggyback France and Hunter Brown for that fourth game. I think that's probably that's actually what good, yeah. they would do. Because you probably, I mean, managers in the playoffs have quick hooks. So Hunter Brown, like, trying to push it to the seventh inning would never have happened in the playoffs. If yesterday was a playoff game, Hunter Brown's getting pulled after six, maybe even before six. That's how quick of a trigger they have uh, in the postseason. The the interesting thing with a piggyback with this version of the Astros versus, like, the 2017 Astros is that this Astros team has a good bullpen, whereas the 2017 Astros did not. That's why you kind of, like, what is the old saying? That invention is the mother of necessity. They had to get innings from their starters in the bullpen because they had dudes like Luke Gregerson, Pat Nishek. I was Tony Sip on the 17 team. I, I, think, think, he so. I think he was. Like yep. The bullpen was not good. Like You're using Peacock in, in high leverage spots when he had been a starter for you some of the season. This year's team, you have at least at least three guys that you like. Presley in the ninth, uh, Abreu right. in the eighth, and then Neris at yep. the seventh. So if you're piggybacking guys, like you're piggybacking two starters to get you six innings. So it could be like a three like three innings, first time you run into trouble, the next guy to bridge you into the high leverage guys. So I also think it's a good problem to have though. The piggyback I would look at is more gonna be behind Javier. He, his pitch count and innings are so low. Yeah. He's getting to a hundred pitches through five. Yeah. Like, that's the guy you need to have Hunter Brown to pitch the sixth and the seventh in the playoffs and then get you to eight and nine. I think that's way more likely than the piggyback being with J.P. France right now. We well, asked a question yesterday, Joe, on the show. If you if Javier would give you, because two starts ago, Javier, not two starts, one start ago for Javier, two games ago, Javier went five innings, gave you, you know, they gave up two runs. Two runs over five innings. Would you take that 360 ERA? It's not great. It's 360 ERA. Would you take five innings, two earned runs from Christian Javier every single start? Without a doubt. I would, too. Because yeah, we all it, did. Yep. It's good. Two runs with this offense through five innings and what the bullpen is is good enough to win a lot of baseball games. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? The same way we are just talking about the bullpen is the luxury you have with starting pitching. The fact that you can go three above-average starters and you have two quality starters behind them that you can use piggybacking and otherwise to give you – eat up innings and be effective, that's something that most teams are dying for, killing for, and and desiring to have as, as playoff teams. They've got a very, very deep, deep, deep rotation, just like they have a lot of depth in the bullpen. That's why, in part, they've been able to maintain, through all these injuries, the kind of season that they're having, and the expectations are still there for what can happen going forward now that they're getting healthy. 60-30. I'm not concerned about Brown getting hit around a little bit. That happens. But what I am concerned about is his control. Got to see that improve. It, it That was the biggest knock on Hunter Brown's game coming to the bigs. Coming from the minor leagues to the bigs was that he's going to have to work on his command. 
Yesterday, he didn't walk a guy in six innings. His numbers this season, he has 38 walks in 123 innings. I'm wondering if his command is too good. Like, and we talk about this a lot of times, like command in the zone, out of the zone. Like, you can have lack of command and not walk anybody, but you're missing your spots and you're giving up tanks. We've seen a little bit of that from, from Hunter Brown these last few starts. Missing his spot, makes two or three mistakes a game, and professional hitters in the bigs against good hitting teams are going to take advantage of that. I think it's a great way to summarize Hunter Brown's start yesterday. He didn't pitch that bad. He was... He was sitting some some dudes out. He was he was struck, struck out seven. Seven against Baltimore is a pretty good day at the office. But he made a few mistakes to really good hitters, and they took advantage. So I don't even think Hunter Brown's command issues are out of the zone. Again, he has very few walks, 38 and 123 innings. That's very little. His problem comes in the zone. I wonder if Hunter Brown maybe should start nibbling a little bit more, if I'm being completely honest. You're looking at 38 walks, 123 innings. That's, that's, that's not very much. Look at Fromber the other night, too. The, the other night, Fromber, just when he made mistakes, he left the middle-middle up in the zone. And as you mentioned, a good-hitting team like the Orioles capitalized on almost every single mistake he made. And, and that's something that you sometimes have to deal with. But you're right. You know it's been my hot button all year. O2 two pitches especially. Two hittable of pitches when you're up in the count like you are with an advantage. It drives me crazy. So maybe you're right. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't done that deep of a dive on all of his pitches to say that he's leaving too many, he having an advantage in, in, in too many situations and still leaving pitches too hittable. But it is a possibility because I've, I've harped on this entire staff getting up in counts and having an advantage and then throwing pitches way too hittable when you got two strikes on a hitter. We'll get to the Altuve stuff a little bit later because Altuve is deserving of some praise. I know he hasn't played a whole lot, but Altuve has been deserving of some praise. 713-780-3776, the HRP listener line. When we return, it's everybody's favorite game. Joe George is going to read to us quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities, fewer and fewer than ever before. And then we're going to guess who said said quotes in a game that we call Who Said It. Lately, the Killer Bees have been dominating the Stump King Joe George at a game that we call Who Said It. Let's see how it goes this week with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumper in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with who said it. Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. Mega producer? What the hell is that? Is that any relation to Mega Blast? Ooh, Mega's still banned. JD and JG. <laughs> so no, it doesn't sound like. I need to get to that. I told him I'd let him back in, but I've been busy. He was he's he's one of the many that got God, huh? He's the last one left. I haven't. He's un- the last un- one standing. <laughs> yeah. Largo's you, back. Um, Largo's back. Oh, I haven't seen Largo. Have you uh, done the deep dive as to? Who was the hatchet man? I I got a life, man. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just asking a question because I, I think know. a lot of sleuths out there had already solved the mystery. All right. Yeah. Who said it? We've been dominating Joe George recently. I That's bet you he's really... going to be. He's looking for some vengeance. I think. I think he's out for a little vengeance against the Killer Bees. Yep. So Joe's going to read to us quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities. Killer Bees then guess what was said, and then you know we try to take three of five. Um, any any new quirks or rules this week? No. You always are adding something. No, nothing this week. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's hit. Oh it. no, Josh Beard. He was in for two days. Okay. I didn't use Josh. Okay. Uh, number one. The reason you say this about Yiner and don't put him in is because you want to play Maldonado. This argument that he can't hit lefties because he got 
57 freaking at-bats is stupid. It's stupid. I think it might be Granado. Okay, why? People they, people on the Twitch, yeah, actually Dre on the Twitch yesterday was telling us how Granado was talking about small sample size against lefties. Ooh. So, and they're also talking about like this is obviously a dusty quote that he just like he he said. I, I believe the dusty quote was something that he said like off the cuff, not even in a question, trying to defend his decisions to play Maldi. And we know that the bench is locked in on the Astros. Oh, they are for sure. And that was a cagey cagey catch if that's where yeah, you got it I think from. that's the small sample size. I support that. that. I think I'm going that I direction. Think I think it's going to be Granado. All right, let's go John Granado. The reason you say Boom. this about Yiner and don't put him in is because Boom. you want to play Maldonado. Granado's never sounded better, by the way. Mariska really Hargitay has nothing on you. Boy, you dug deep and got that one. I, I, I sniffed that one out. Yeah, that that, that might have been the yeah. best two-setted answer I've had in the history of this solid. for myself that I've ever had. That was a career performance. I'm done. By the way, I'm out. And we made I'm double rock out because we didn't take an hour to, to break it down. Oh. All right, number two. <laughs> this is the only city and the only fan base I've ever experienced in my entire life where the catcher gets as much or more credit for a no-hitter than the guy who actually threw it. So it's someone that has come from a different market. Yeah, I, so it's I heard not that Lance too. and John. Yeah, somebody that has been to a few cities. It could be in Paul, career. Paul, or Paul. Well, it obviously could be Jake. J- has Jake ever done radio in a different market, though? Yeah, just doesn't not on a full time basis. Though he still has desires. I know he does the YouTube, and I know he used to do the network, but I don't think he ever worked in another market. Can you read it another time, please? Didn't Come Ithaca have a job me? opening? This I used to do updates for the Ithaca. the only fan base back at the old place. I've ever experienced in my entire life where the catcher gets as much or more credit for a no-hitter than the guy who actually threw it. I think it's a Pauly. So it's Pauly, Jake, or PC. How often was PC uh, on this week? Do we know? I think he had I think his car was solid. So I think that he, he was normal shows this yeah. week. So PC's usually PC's a Diaz guy, but PC's not unfair to Maldonado. Like, PC's fair No, but Maldi. I think he's talking about too many people are too worried about Maldonado. No, I don't. I think this is a shot about how people are pointing to the fact, like, the Maldi defenders. Well, they are. Yeah, they're they're giving him too much credit yeah. for the no-hitter. Right. But I think that it depends on tone, right? Because I think that he... For sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I think it's Paul. Do you? Yeah, I do. I think it's either Paul or PC. Want to ride the hot hand? Go ahead. All right, Paul Gallant. This is the only Dang. city. My bad. And, and the only fan base I've ever PC. experienced in my yeah, entire PC. Yeah, that's what took you so long. <laughs> well, no, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't figure out whose voice it was right off the All top. Alright, so my hand's no longer hot. So the next one that we're torn on is you. All right. One or two, not bad. Not bad. Look. It's my fault. Look, there's a lot of homeless people all over the country now. I feel bad for them. But a lot of them choose to be that way. Do you feel like the woodlands, if there's somebody that they can catch sleeping on a bench? That they just take them out and dump them in that lake? What in the world are we talking about? <laughs> I, I really think this is Galantish because Galant is always talking about like the best surrounding areas of Houston, and then he's always been kind of a fan of like the Woodlands as opposed to like Kingwood. And this seems what does like he have against Kingwood. I don't, livable he, he, forest. He has, he, he's like. He had, first of all, he has no clue on the surrounding areas of Houston, but he acts like he does. And then he starts, like, calling out, like, Jersey Village. I'm like, Paul, I don't believe you've probably ever been to Jersey Village. <laughs> he doesn't but okay. leave the loop. Yeah, but he's just like, oh, wait, there's another one that I've heard about. Someone says on the, I'm being interactive, and someone said that, that uh, 
What's that deer word? Yeah, there's de- that, that deer area is good. The only time he leaves the loop is to catch a flight out of here, huh? That's right. I was my immediate two were were Gallant and Lance, but Gallant was the first one that entered my mind. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, Polly. Polly Gallant. There's a lot of homeless people Boom! in the country now. I, I, I feel bad for them, but a lot of them choose to Paul be that chopped way. and screwed. Do you feel like? Oh wow, yeah. Frank got Frank guy? got a hold of Paul. <laughs> Paul a little chopped and I screwed. Saw Frank got a hold of Johnny G he a did. little bit this morning. Oh really? Yeah. What happened? Who does it? it? Was it was like there was a song <laughs> playing, and every song would be who does it? <laughs> I didn't hear that. Oh, oh yeah, funny. I got it when I was driving the kids to I school. Wanted, I didn't hear that either. I wanted to listen to that. No. All right, number four, and that's why I told her. I'm not getting a high life insurance policy because that's a death insurance policy. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Again, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then you know he's not going to tell you what. All right, so you got to context. Be, I think you got to be married here. I, I think we can eliminate the single. Well, you people. could be dating. I don't know, man. Like, are you worried about your high life insurance or your life insurance at all until you have a wife and kids? It sounds kind of lancy. That's what I was thinking. Like, I don't think it's Paul's not. I mean, Paul might talk about life insurance, but he's not talking about like, getting a quote or getting a rate. Paul's like, either Jake's not. Beaky's not. Paul's either talking about himself or this nightmare that he's dealing with with his car. Yeah, but it's life insurance, right? So I don't think he's. What well, my point is, I don't think he's talking about a chick no. or insurance. He definitely would talk about car insurance. He'll kill right State now. Farm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, one more time, Joe. And that's why I told her I'm not getting a high life insurance policy. Because that's a death insurance policy. You want to ride Lance? Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is shouldn't he already have life insurance? Well, he said high. So maybe he oh. means like increasing it. Okay. Pat's the only other one that would qualify. Or Granado. Yeah. I think you want to go Lance. You okay. said Lance first. Yeah, let's go Lance. You've been hot. Let's go Lance. Lance Erlon. And that's why I told her, I'm not getting yeah. a high life insurance policy. Lance! Because that's a w! death insurance. Boom! Joe George, what they call you? What producer? This is a bad idea. Mega producer? I didn't even do it this week, and I still got crushed. <laughs> oh, you took. Oh, and then you swept it under the rug for somebody else to do? No, who B- did? Who B-Mac did this vo- week? B Mac volunteered because he heard me get my ass kicked the last two weeks, so he thought we're he'd just, help. We're just knocking guys out left and right. B Mac, take boom. that and like it. Boom! Wow! Three of four. Let's see if we can add a little cherry on top. Here. Oh, yeah. oh, this is the. Let's see if we can add acting thing. This is acting class. The thesbians again. Thespians. Yeah. Why would his acting? agent do a deal? I don't think any of this. Uh, honestly, why would his agent do a deal? But he ain't getting thirty-five on the open market. Then you ain't getting no Kyle Tucker. Yeah, I don't believe it's going to happen anyway. This is John and Lance. They they posted this on social. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, boom. I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh my God! If this is true, BMAC just needs to just. I mean, take your beating, yeah, sir. That's 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 the bench. Why would his agent do a deal? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what kind of weekend am I going to have? Or what better yet, Joe, what kind of we weekend almost, are you going to have? Almost, you just got punished. We were, I mean, we were 50-50 shot away from, from sweeping. So who right. said it the last three I had it weeks? Right. You did. You guys are doing math 12 for 15. That's really good, That's Double Rod. That's crushed. really good. That's 80%. I won't and be here, and I won't the, be here next week. So, And we used the pitch clock to be more efficient yeah, we were pretty quick doing today. it. We were pretty quick today. We were not Woo! Alec McNoah who got sent down again today. Did he? He did. He did. After, well, he did hit a guy in the face. But you said he was pitching better. He had been, but I haven't seen his last couple starts. Maybe they're just doing it in the numbers game. I don't know. Killer bees dominate. Who Man, said it? God, that's a we're good feeling. We're on a feeling. roll. We've never, to we've know been, you're alive. We're hot. 
We're hot. Ooh, you know what we Dusty's are? Dusty's sitting us next you, week. You, you, you know what we are, though? <laughs> we are what everybody thought Jose Abreu was. We got hot in the summer, and we stayed hot. Jose Abreu didn't do that in no. August. All right. That means Dusty's sitting us next Friday. Maybe. We, yeah, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, you have to put your life on the line. You get one drive right now. Everything else is the same. Your life is on the line. One drive. You got to get into the end zone. Are you putting your life on the line for with C.J. Stroud, with Davis Mills, or with Case Keenum? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I'm going to have a celebratory drink today because we dominated Who Said It Again. Whenever I'm having a celebratory drink, whenever I'm having a drink, period, it's Gentle Ben. I've been telling you for years that Gentle Ben is the best. Many of our listeners have uh, listened to me. They've gotten some Gentle Ben, and they always message me. They'll DM me, all of that. You're, you're right, Brandon. You're right. Your takes might stink, but your drink taste is fantastic because Gentle Ben is the best. Whether it's the vodka, gin, straight bourbon, whiskey, or the cast strength bourbon, it's all top shelf. Finest ingredients, classic time-honored time distilling methods. And Gentle Ben uses their revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest smoothest spirits that you'll ever taste you get all the flavor with none of the burn unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience the next time you head to dinner or you go to your favorite bar ask for gentle ben look for gentle ben at the liquor store on your way home pick up a bottle today or pick up two bottles pick up six bottles give them away to your friends looking for plans we'll head to the gentle ben tasting room are you headed to the astros game tonight to see verlander's return to minute maid park if you are Stop by Ben's Bar right when you walk in the Union Station entrance and try a little bit of the Gentle Ben. Also, Gentle Ben wants to send you to an Astros game. September 1st, Friday against the Yankees, your chance to win a pair of tickets. All you have to do is head over to at Gentle Ben Spirits on Facebook or Instagram, at Gentle Ben Spirits, Facebook or Instagram. Click on the pin giveaway post and register to win tickets to the Astros and Yankees coming up on September 1st. Also, look over at GentleBin.com. You can find your way there as well. GentleBin, all the flavor, none of the burn. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 3%. 3% spent. Why'd you groan? I went, mm-hmm. It's a grown. <laughs> I called a racist yesterday. And now Spencer's saying that. Unbelievable. Now's a good uh, time to give away some tickets to Pantera. Pantera will be okay. back in Houston for their 2023 live tour. Catch all of your favorite songs by the talented heavy metal band of the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion in the Woodlands on Thursday, August 17th. Caller 10 to 713-780-3776 wins a pair of tickets to see the show. You can also buy tickets at LiveNation.com. You're in for a good time. All right, Blankers, your life is on the line. You have to pick a quarterback who's going to lead a touchdown drive. Everything else is the same. Offensive line's the same. Receivers are the same. The opposing defense is the same. The play callers are the same. Everything is the same. The only difference is who's a quarterback. You have to put your life on the line with C.J. Stroud at the helm, Davis Mills at the helm, Case Keenum at the helm. Which of those three do you have the most confidence in that you're going to survive? It's a no-brainer to me. It's Case Keenum. He's been there. <laughs> he's done that. He's He's been a starter. He's been a good starter. He's been successful in the playoffs. He's done a lot of things. 
that especially if my life is on the line, that I'm going to really overthink this and really have to have a lot of confidence. And of the three guys right now, as we sit there today and analyze them, this is the easiest decision on the planet for me. It's Case Keenum. I mean, you and I were talking about this at the start of, the start of camp and everything else, and I said, I, I, I guess I was in the huge minority, but I was under the understanding that Case could be the number two quarterback because I believe in him more than I believe in Davis Mills. And I, I believe he could still be more effective than Davis Mills. So I, I, I'm going Davis Mills in a landslide. You mean Case. I'm sorry, Case Keenum. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in Davis Mills. I never have. I never will. But I always thought there was the the ceiling was the roof. There was potential. <laughs> but if I have to pick between him and, and Case Keenum, I'm taking Case Keenum. Rare Candy says, I think Blinkers might be dead. Ocho says, Keenum's the obvious choice. Poor Marine says, Keenum. Alex says, Case. Uh, ZX says Keenum. Poor says so obvious. I thought this might be a challenging question. No but way. I guess it's I guess it's not a, a challenging question. Yesterday's game, I thought that Davis Mills was head and shoulders better than anybody else, and that's not just a neck joke. I thought Davis Mills was the best quarterback for the Texans yesterday. I thought Case was a close second. I thought CJ was a distant third, to be completely honest. But if I'm putting my life on the line, this is one of those questions I say, if I'm going to go down, which of the three am I willing to go down with, right? I don't trust Davis Mills in, in like moments where I need to have it. Like, need to have it moments, I don't trust Davis Mills. C.J. Stroud's still too young. He's still got a long ways to go. He's still very, very raw. And we're talking right this second. We're not talking in three years. We're talking right now, August 11th, 1.51 p.m. Everything else is the same. One of these three quarterbacks, you get your choice. If you score a touchdown, you live. Which of the three are you taking? I got to go Case Keenum too. Like Case Keenum and, and have to and need to have it moments. Look, I, I still trust him a little bit. When that offense, yes, yes, second half offense, yes, they're going up against some bad Patriots that probably aren't going to be in the NFL. That offense was moving. That offense was clicking. Davis Mills was doing the same. CJ Stroud was not. I got to go Case Keenum as well. My life is on the line. I'm putting my life in the hands of one Case Keenum. Go, Coach. Joey? Give me CJ. Right I know now, it's well, it's I know nice it's, knowing you, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Is Who, there, in who's lieu of filling flowers, in for you next week? In lieu of flowers and uh, anti-stump. Yeah, here's the thing. It's not you. that I don't. I get it with Case. If it was like two two years ago, I get it. But he's a sitting duck. Like if you're playing the New England Patriots or any, if you're playing the 49ers with a pass rush. If Bosa hits the edge, he's going to eat Case Keenum. Case Keenum has no prayer to make a play anymore. He's a statue. Case has more mobility than Davis. I think so, too. I didn't Case say is Davis. pretty mobile, bro. I said CJ. Like, I, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to, like, give me the young blood. Let's go, CJ. Did you see him play yesterday? Did you yeah. see the 11? And you want yeah. you think that guy has the best chance to lead a touchdown drive to save your life right this second? Yep. Wow. I just, it's not. I don't see that. I, I don't know. Man, how you, Alex, Alex on Twitch. Joe is on Bad Take Boulevard already. I'm always King of on Twitch. It. Joe amazes me with his takes, LOL. <laughs> Love it. I think it's on purpose. It's you, not on purpose. We how can do tell you, you that. How do you watch CJ is 11 snaps yesterday? The interception where he literally, he literally said, he literally said <laughs> in his post-game press conference, he literally said, I didn't see the safety. You're taking that guy yes. for a touchdown on drive on your life. Based on mobility. CJ's so what? a dinosaur. So, so wait, CJ? No, I mean, Case is a dinosaur. CJ, you expecting CJ to run? You've seen too much Justin Fields. No, you, I, you just think CJ's going to run you to a touchdown? I just need so, I need someone to get you know break away, get open deep, find Tank Dell. You got him drafted here for a reason. 
I'm taking CJ. Did you see Case step up and thread the needle right down the middle yeah. in, in coverage? Fourth stringers. Still, he made the play. <laughs> it's, it's, they're XFL Davis Mills players. would have thrown it at his ankles. I didn't say Davis Mills. See, I would Stop under, bringing him up. I would understand Davis Mills because I think Davis Mills of the three quarterbacks played the best yesterday. I, I really do. There were some underthrows. There were some overthrows. We still saw a lot of the old Davis Mills. But when C.J. Stroud started and when Davis Mills came into the game, it was night and day. It was night oh, it and day. Was there, yeah. The offense was incredibly choppy. There was no precision at all with C.J. Stroud. Davis Mills came in, looked like MVP Steve Nash See, I think with you, the times he was dropping in the offense that he was moving. I think you up the ante when you put your life on the line and you talk about it against not, you know, you're talking about in a real game situation with your life on the line. I'm going with the guy that has the most experience that has made the most big-time throws in the NFL. Fake says Joe going to the chump of the week on a Friday. I'll be the last one. Uh, poor Marine said Joe is the takes that Twitch deserves. Alex says Joe, <laughs> give your CJ, give CJ your glasses so he can see the DB. They said Simple Stroud again. You can't say Simple Stroud. Junior Bronco said Case greater than Simple Stroud. You're not going to say Simple Stroud. Uh, old Lurkin Larry said uh, Old Lurkin no longer Lurkin. You've pulled, you've pulled Joe with your take. You've pulled old Lurkin Larry into the foresight. He says I admire Joe's bravery. Thank you. To be honest. <laughs> Oh, I can't saying. believe you watched C.J. Stroud yesterday and you're willing to put your life in his hands. I just think there's a better chance that if, if, my, if I'm, I don't want to die. I don't want to die because of a 40-year-old quarterback. He's not 40. He's 35. Yeah, he's, he's made $40 million. Longhorn Juan says, Branham, I love you, but terrible question. Let's ask a question that will exclude the Texans' top pick. Can't wait to listen to sports radio about Case Keenum and Davis Mills. Look. You're, you're you're taking this way too seriously here, yeah, Longhorn Juan. Like, take, take it easy. <laughs> it's a Friday show, one. and we got yeah. about an hour left. Like, take it a little easy. C.J. Stroud should be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans week one against the Baltimore Ravens. The Houston Texans are not going to announce C.J. Stroud as their starter in game one of the preseason and not have him start the first game of the regular season. They also played C.J. Stroud two series while Davis Mills got the rest of the first half and Case Keenum got the second half. C.J. Stroud is the starting quarterback. Let's be very clear about that. But Longhorn one, I'll ask you. I'll ask you, Longhorn one, and you have our number, 713-780-3776. If your life was on the line today, everything else is the same, but you have to choose between Davis Mills, Case Keenum, and C.J. Stroud. Who are you choosing to save your life? I don't think anybody's taking C.J. Stroud. Nope. No one's taking, except for Joe. Except for Joe. <laughs> Joe's except gonna, for Joe. He's, you're not anyone. You know, I'm a you're little. You're nobody. i got to be honest. I'm a little worried. Is that, Are we, do we need, is Joe sending a cry no, for help no, here? No, no, Is no. this a cry for help? No. Nope. Like, I would feel terrible if, if something happened to Joe. And we look back at this moment and go, was that Joe's cry for Joe, help we that a, we didn't do see? Do you need an intervention? Should we take this? Honestly, that maybe I do. Like, maybe I need someone to tell me that Ohio State quarterbacks suck and I have blinders on. Lamont, 713-780-3776. Because Lamont's been saying that. And Lamont's right. Lamont's right. About something. He's right. He's right about that. 713-780-3776. Can I just say, too, Lamont said, based on our other discussion about Hunter Brown, he said, using Joel's logic, we shouldn't have expe- we shouldn't have expected more from Bregman, Correa, Tucker, or Alvarez the second year because they were rookies. No. That's not the same logic, and and, it, and I don't know why all of a sudden you just say, of course people want, he says, of course people want players to look good based upon their last season. It depends on the sample size, how much you saw, and then how do you temper your expectations versus how do you go over the top because of a small sample size. I mean, look, I mean, if we're going to call out and say things like that, I mean, look, I mean, based on your logic, you thought the wheelhouse was ready to just absolutely take off in year two and blow it up and book it, and I just don't think that that's going to happen either.
You, you didn't like that, Lamont. I article. didn't like that. I mean, he <laughs> listens every day, but then you know it. it just, you know, it sways like the wind. Seven one three seven eight two three seven seven six. That's how you really feel. I do. Uh, I know you did, Jason. No matter the choice, read me my last rights. That's probably the right answer. Like <laughs> Jason's probably yeah. You, you're not wrong. That's yeah. probably the right answer. Uh, Ocho says Keenum is the obvious choice here. Uh, Longhorn once once said Kyle Allen. <laughs> Well done, Kyle. Well done, Longhorn One. That was good. That that was funny. I, I appreciate that. I tip my cap at you. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Ryan Stanick is on the line. Who are you taking here, Stanick? Davis Mills. Why? Davis Mills. Did you see him play against the Colts in the last game that screwed up our whole first round pick? Yeah. yeah. Take him. Appreciate the call, Ryan Stanek. I hope that Dusty doesn't use you Did in a, a high-leverage situation today. He said, did you see how Davis looked in the final game of the year when the Colts were tanking? Now, Davis did convert a fourth and 20. That was a clutch drive. And the only Case Keenum like real comeback he has was one of the worst defensive plays in NFL history Yeah, when he yeah. was on the Vikings. That was a clutch. You're talking about Case. Yeah, Case. Yeah, but Case did win 13 games that year. That's true. He did. That's what I'm saying. But he that has was NFL like experience almost a decade ago. Did you see what Case did against Texas Tech at Old Robertson Stadium? No, I was probably like 10. <laughs> you, well, if you if you would have saw what, that, you would be taking case. What year, what year was that? I don't know. I was in college. <laughs> I feel like I just, Jeremy listening to S two D two. I, I was didn't understand college. a single thing from that. Call. I heard like I the beginning, either. but the end was a mess. <laughs> okay, gotcha. No, I don't. <laughs> Not said, even close. Wants it, Kyle Allen. That's hilarious. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Did last night change your mind? on who will be the most productive Houston Texans wide receiver. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.